Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Model Tongue Podcast. I am your host, Karen Ender. I have been thinking a lot lately about living intuitively in terms of eating, in terms of movement. There's so much material and discussion happening around these two things and more about kind of allowing yourself to have a release from the structure of your day, eating three meals a day or you know, sitting down for long periods and then moving to, to moving with purpose or going to the gym to move. It's kind of encouraging you to take everything you've learned and rethink it. Don't always move around because you have to do something. Move because it feels good. Move intuitively. Don't just eat or wait to eat for, you know, breakfast, lunch, or supper. Eat when you feel like eating. There's a lot of the conversation happening around living intuitively. And I'm really excited today to welcome Rachel Melenda, who is an intuitive eating nutritionist, host of the Fill Your Cup podcast, and dancing queen. <laughs> Rachel goes into the importance of intuitive eating, the feel goods of moving your body, and how to approach all those posts we've been seeing lately regarding the quarantine 15. We also talk stripping nude for strangers in exchange for art. Yep, she actually did that. And the perfect response to body shamers. And yes, hi bullies, we see you. And all we offer tips and tricks to enhance your life and spend your time more wisely. I'll include all of Rachel's information below. Uh, We actually did a podcast a couple months ago, so I'll be sure to link our first podcast, which you can find on her channel, Fill Your Cup. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I'll see you next week. But for now, let's talk intuitive living with Rachel Melinda. Thank you. Hi, girl. Hello. Oh my gosh, your beautiful face. I can't get over it. How are <laughs> you, dancing queen? I'm good. I'm good. Dancing is keeping me Where's very your sane. Crown? I know. I know. I I am- look <laughs> <laughs> I love this girl crowd. I love. Well, we'll we'll get into it, but like I'm so excited to talk to you um, about so many things. You are such a bright light in my Instagram feed, mm. and so uh, let's talk about why that is, and let everyone know who you are, so that they can let a little bit of your light into their day as well. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, thank you. Um, well, for those that don't know me, my name is Rachel Melinda. I'm an intuitive eating nutritionist and emotional eating coach, and as of like two months ago, a dance instructor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the work that I do, I help women to break free from dieting and the rules that they've been living by for way too many years and find a way of healthy, sustainable living that works for them. Um, And I got into that because I started practicing as a nutritionist um, three years ago. And I just found that the reason why people weren't reaching their health goals wasn't because there was like a shortage of nutrition information. There's actually like too much to the point where people are like, should I be keto? Should I be intermittent fasting? Should I be doing this? Like it was all so confusing. And another thing I noticed was a lot of emotional eating and um, binge eating and restriction and um, binge eating is actually a response to restriction. So I noticed a lot of these patterns and I was like, you know what? I think we need to work on our relationship with food. And that was very much part of my story. I had an eating disorder growing up followed by 10 years of disordered eating, which is, um, I characterize that as like a lot of like starting fresh Monday, a lot of dieting, a lot of self-loathing, body image issues. Um, so that's kind of where my kind of, I'm breezing over it, but that's, that's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing today. And 
it's not that I disregard health and nutrition. Um, I think it still does play a role and it can be very healing and especially for therapeutic purposes when coming to heal disease, illness, that sort of thing. Um, but we can't start there. We need to first meet, meet ourselves and meet our bodies where we're at. We're all unique individuals that have various unique needs. So saying yes, do keto doesn't make sense for everyone. Also, cause like, why are you doing keto? Right. Um, and I just help people get to the root of like, why are you chasing weight loss? Right. And not against weight loss, but this pursuit of weight loss is often what keep, keeps people stuck from, um, finding a place of healthy living that actually works for them. Weight is plays such a huge part. And I've been seeing a lot of just people lately terrified of gaining weight during the quarantine, during self-isolation. And I know that it also spreads into like mental health. It's part of the reason why a lot of people delay seeking treatment because a lot of medications are one of the side effects is weight gain and that just turns people off. And so there's a lot of prioritization around weight loss, weight gain, body shapes um, that I think is preventing people from living the best life that they possibly can, whether it is, you know, a more stable life with treatment and a proper diagnosis for your mental health or just body image, dancing from the mirror, accepting who you are, your body, uh, how it fits in the clothes. Just it's, it's definitely a multifaceted kind of complex issue. Um, I want to talk about your Instagram dancing for a little bit because it's been so much fun. Mm. <laughs> and I just want to know, cause we never talked like about it. I've seen it, but I want to, how did you, where did this, how did it happen? What's going on? Okay. So yeah, the, the quarantine dance parties came about in a really cool way. So, I mean, I'm, I love dancing like, and I don't know how to properly dance, I don't, but whatever, there's no proper dancing. Um, I just love, I love music. I love moving. And so like every now and then, like even over the past few years, when I've been on Instagram, I'll throw on a song and I'll just like dance silly and be like, have a great day, everyone. And then I did that like on the Saturday when the whole pandemic was hitting and I'll never forget that weekend. I feel like, um, that weekend was just like filled with so much uncertainty. We're all like, what is happening? Should I be stockpiling right now? Like, bah. And I don't know. I just had this urge to dance again. And I think it's just because that's how I, that's how I process my emotions and move through my emotions instead of just sitting there being like, I don't know what to do. Like I just have this, it, it comes like energy in my body and I have to like move it. And so I put on a good tune and I just like danced again and everyone messaged me a bunch of people messaged me being like, Oh my God, thank you. Like I, I needed that. Like that was like the bright light of my feed. Like the world feels so scary right now. And that just kind of gave me hope. And I was like, Oh, interesting. That's cool. And I was like, well, why don't we start doing dance parties? Like, okay, Monday, like Instagram live 12 PM. Let's, let's go like put on your running shoes, like put on a sports bra and like, let's go. So we did it. And that first week I did it like every day. I was just like, all right, next one's tomorrow, tomorrow. And then <laughs> I was talking to friends about it. I was like, guys, I think I'm onto something. Like I really By the weekend, you're and, so sore. Oh, I was so sore because <laughs> the first week I didn't realize that you should be dancing in running shoes. Cause my, I would wake up. I'm like, oh my, God, my body's broken. Um, and I had a chat with friends and I was like, I think I want to like do this like more often. And they're like, do you want to be a dance instructor? Or do you want to continue doing your emotional eating thing? I'm like, okay, right. So I've since scaled back. I offer it now twice a week. So Mondays on Instagram live at 1230. And then on Friday, um, we carry it over to zoom and we do that at 5 PM. 
And it's really cool because on Zoom, you can like see everyone's face um, and everyone's like dancing and you just like, you feel the energy. I set up like a really fun playlist. I infuse some like body positive messaging along the way. I've done like bra and undie dance parties, like empowering ones. So it's just been really cool. And I'm a, I'm a big advocate of intuitive movement, which just means like moving in a way that feels good for your body. And dancing has always felt good for me. And it's a super accessible form for many people to just move and, and get out of their head and into their body, especially right now while in quarantine, like obviously we can't get to the gym and unless you want to do like, there's, there's a ton of workouts online, but um, for me, I just, I really love just putting on a good tune and dancing around. So yeah, it kind of started in a really um, unexpected way, but it's been a total gift um, for my, for my business. Like I, I've got so much out of it and I think my community has got a lot of it out of it too. Moving, we're going to talk about intuitive eating, but even like you said, intuitive move, movement is super important. I've been, I've, I've discovered how good it feels when I like, after I stretch, I lay flat on my back and I just shake my legs a little bit and my husband, cause he'll be in the other room and I'll just be like, Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> and he comes in and I'm just literally just shaking my legs on the floor. He's like, I don't get it. And I'm like, well, you're missing out because it actually feels so good. Tell us a little bit about uh, intuitive eating. Cause this is like a common thing that you, you talk about on your, on your socials. Yeah. So intuitive eating, um, I mean, the best way to describe it is that we were all born as intuitive eaters. So when we were hungry as, as babies, we would cry to get food. And when we were full, we would like turn our face and then all the food would like fall down our face. Cause we're like, I don't want it anymore. Um, so our bodies know, our bodies know how to self-regulate. Um, and then what happens is we're thrown into the world of diet culture and, again, told you should eat this, you should eat that. You, you can't trust your body. You can't be trusted around food. And we're all kind of like, Bleh. so intuitive eating brings back um, and honors the inner wisdom of our body. So again, it's, it's eating when you're hungry, stopping with when you're full within reason. I mean, have popcorn while watching a movie. Totally cool. Um, it's removing all the rules and just like getting back to celebrating our individuality and what feels good for that. Um, so in the intuitive eating process, like what I teach with clients, I take them through breaking up with the diet mentality. So we look at like, what rules are you currently honoring right now that are from external sources and how are they, how are they impacting you or, or how are they serving you or how are they not? In many cases, they're not. Um, I, we teach people how to listen to their hunger. A lot of people don't know how to do that because a lot of us are clock eaters, you know, 7am eat, 12pm lunch, 6pm dinner. Um, we talk about how to make friends with food. So if there's like a, there's, if there's a food that you're like terrified to bring into the house, um, foods that I often hear from clients are like chips, cookies, ice cream. People are like, I can't bring that into the house because I'll just demolish the whole thing. Um, I, I coach them through the process of bringing that food into the house um, and getting them to the point where um, they can actually have it and not obsess about it. And if they are going to have it, then have a bit and walk away. And the whole theory behind that is when you take that food off of a pedestal, because when you, when you say that food is bad, you put it on a pedestal and all of a sudden you give it power, it becomes a forbidden fruit. And what do we want to do with the forbidden fruit? We freaking want it, right? So we obsess over it. Whereas if we bring it into the house and say, hey, I can have it whenever I want. Like if you went through my cupboards right now, you'd be like, what, Rach, you're a nutritionist and you have like mini eggs right now and mm -hmm. ice cream oh, and bread. And, and like, I have all these foods in my house all the time because the reality is, is eventually that I'll want them. But the reality is also, I don't want them all the time. Like I still, I, I'm still a healthy eater and um, your body's going to gravitate towards the foods that make it thrive. Your body doesn't want to feel crappy, right? So that's kind of that in a nutshell. Uh, let's talk to the people who are so terrified of um, 
people are calling it the quarantine 15, kind of like new start university or something, but just like what, any advice to people who are so, so, cause you know, it's, to me, it's a mental health issue. Like you shouldn't be obsessing about something like this and um, it shouldn't be like tapping away at your worth. So mm-hmm. Yeah, the quarantine 15, when I first saw the language around that, I was like really upset. I, I, and I, I wasn't surprised because I know that's just like diet culture. Um, but I was just like, really, guys, like we're in a pandemic. Like if you came out of here and you were 15 pounds heavier, then then you're the lucky one, you know, like, like <laughs> what a gift mm-hmm. um, to be able to have access to food during this time. Um, we put a lot of fixation on weight um, because weight in, in the world of diet culture has been made up to be everything. Um, we're taught that you must be within a certain BMI and within a certain weight or look a certain way in order to be healthy, which of course comes back to weight. But um, the health at every size philosophy, which is a philosophy that I teach, says that health can actually exist at every size. And there's science to prove that, right? Um, we've just been taught that, oh, if someone's in a bigger body, they can't possibly be healthy when that's not the case. Um, so if you are concerned about the quarantine 15, um, first off, like you're valid in, in what you feel. I understand where that's coming from, but, um, the best thing that you can do during this time is like to take care of yourself, right? Again, if you come out of here and you are 15 pounds heavier, then, um, again, you're, you're the lucky one. Um, I would say focus on shift your focus away towards things that make you feel good. So when I'm talking to clients to help them to shift their focus away from weight, um, which isn't a true determining factor of health, I get them to look at what are the true determining factors of health? What things actually make up our health? So that's things like lowering our stress levels, having our hormones in a happy place, um, having our, our mood in a good place, having healthy relationships, um, self-care, all those things, when we focus on them, that actually makes up health. And when we focus on those things, our weight is actually going to find its, its happy place or our set point weight. So fo- I would say focus on those things. What are things that you can do to make yourself feel really good? Because when you focus on those things, it's also going to change how you engage with food. When we make the, fo- when we make the fixation around weight, um, you're going to find you're, you're always in the cycle because um, say you're eating quote unquote clean for the day and then nighttime hits and you have ice cream, well, you've quote unquote screwed up for the day and you have to start fresh tomorrow, right? It really doesn't leave room for any flexibility. Um, so I would say like focus on those true determining factors of health. Great advice and a huge mindset. Um, I will link all of your information in the description. So if anyone has any questions, they can they know where to reach you. Um, let's talk about body confidence. You get up there and you're shaking it and you got all those, the picture of you on the couch and nude is stunning oh thanks so I mean what does it take to get to to how do you do it I mean (laughs) what has been your journey with body image and and your Mm self-confidence well a lot of my life has spent been spent hiding my body um like I look back at pictures of myself and I was always one wearing the t-shirt over her bathing suit and always just like having my leg up to cover my belly. Like I always had issues with my, my belly, negative relationship with it. And then my relationship with my body changed um, when I, and, and my end to disorder eating changed when um, I started doing CrossFit, which I no longer do um, because <laughs> my body couldn't handle it anymore. It just served its purpose for its time. I, yeah. I loved it when it lasted. Um, but that helped me a lot because if you've ever been into a CrossFit gym, you'll notice that there's no mirrors. Um, it's not, there's no focus on like 
weight, like your own weight. It, it really celebrates like, what can your body do today that I couldn't do yesterday? And it also teaches you compassion for when your body can't do what it did yesterday. So there's just like that, that really helped to build that relationship and, and shift the focus on like, what can my body do? And I could, I discovered that I can throw 140 pounds up to my shoulders. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I feel really strong. Um, so that really helped, um, also starting to wear clothes that actually fit me and not trying to fit into like clothes that were too small that I was just, just for the sake of fitting into them. Um, so I could be like, yes, I'm, I'm this size. Um, I just started, um, sizing up and wearing clothes that actually fit me properly and that were comfortable. And again, when we do that, that changes how we engage in food in our body for the day too, because, um, we don't, our clothes aren't pinching at us as a constant reminder that like, we're not where we want to be. It's just like, it's comfortable. And when you feel comfortable and happy, you want to continue doing good things for yourself. So that was a big thing. And then the nude kind of came out in a really, um, interesting way. So towards the beginning of a pandemic, an artist reached out to me just saying, she's like full transparency. This pandemic is going to screw my business because I'm an artist and I thrive off of selling my art at markets. Um, I'm looking to collaborate with someone that has a community that would be interested in my work. Um, if it's not the right fit for you, totally understand it. And I was like, dude, yes, this sounds amazing. Um, and her work is really interesting because she uses like dried flowers, um, to create the art and, and does like a lot of, um, I forget the actual name for it, but like does like, um, pieces of, of nudes. Um, so she proposed, um, to do a custom nude of me. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. So like, I didn't even think twice. I like ripped off my clothes. Um, <laughs> and I was just like, I had a picture taken of me and I, I just felt like so raw and, um, just beautiful. Like even I was like doing certain poses and like there was rolls and like everything was like everywhere. But I was just like, I feel hot right now. Like I feel so empowered. And that exercise was really cool for me too. Cause I've never done anything like that. And then to see my body turned into art and like, she like, Oh my God, it's stunning. Um, oh yeah, she hit it out of the park. It's because she did the outline of your body and dried flowers. Yeah. I mean, it was just stunning like to a T, like I look at that, I'm like, oh my God, that's my body. And it's like so accurate and so beautiful. And yeah, so it, it was really cool. And I guess like when, whenever I'm taking like body pictures of me and showing those places that I previously hid, such as my stomach, um, I think what I, in, in the early days when I started doing that, it was scary. I think I, at that time, I also had a I started to have a lot of good examples of that in my news feed. So I was just like, it was almost like when we, when we do these things, we give permission to others to do the same. So there was other people in my news feed, um, such as like the birds papaya, like showing that in my, in my news feed. So I was just like, oh, okay, like my body can belong here. Body diversity exists. I, it's safe for me to show my body. And so that kind of gave me some permission. And then I just started doing it and people would message me being like, oh my God, thank you for being the representation in my feed. And, and so I just always think of that. I'm like, Hey, it's not, um, like I don't like it. My body is like a flawed piece anymore. I'm just like, my body's my body. And if it helps people to share it and to see representation in their feed, then I will continue to get naked for you. <laughs> Even if it pisses off my parents as it did. <laughs> oh, did it? Oh, oh yeah. no. no, it's all good though. Come on, mom and dad. No. <laughs> um, when, when I saw it, I read your caption about how you'd send the picture nude. I, I was like, that is so dope. And I'm like, I couldn't wait to talk to you about it. Mm, <laughs> no, it like, so cool. Like, tell me everything. Yeah. Um, in, I don't know if it was from some of your imagery or your dancing videos, but you did receive some like body shaming. Did you? From my community? Well, I'm, no, not from your community, but did you receive comments or something on your videos? 
Um, not directly. Actually, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't actually experienced, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. During a dance party mm-hmm. just recently. Um, so I was doing an Instagram live dance party and someone said, um, what was the exact words? You, you need to lose that belly fat or whatever. And I saw it and I was just like, should I just let this comment just float past? And then I was just like, no, I'm going to make a statement. So I put on like who runs the world. And I was like, I was like, do you want to see what that belly fat can do? And I like jiggled. <laughs> um but yeah you know I haven't received a whole lot of um external um hate if anything it's it's a lot of amazing like I think and I think that's just for anything I think most of the time it is um our internalized um dialogue I guess um yeah I I don't know if it's just because like I don't know I, I think that I think yes, of course, people still hate. And I think it's just because people have a belief of what health is. Um, and maybe that like seeing someone like being happy in a bigger body is like foreign to them. Um, I don't know. I, but I think like the conversation, the more people talking about the body positivity and acceptance movement um, really helps that as well. When I go to schools, one of the things I talk about is for sure that health is can be different sizes. Like what's healthy for me isn't healthy for you. And what's healthy for them isn't healthy for them. And, you know, we're, no one is ever in that position to, to say it is or isn't unless you are, of course, are like a medical professional or like a, a professional to provide that guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's important to show different versions of health. Cause I think the more exposure that is given, then the more it's normalized and the more it's welcomed and embraced. Um, I always say it's really important to like fill your social media feeds with people that you identify with people that look like you. And, you know, if you are, if you are in the, you know, the poor habit of scrolling through your feeds while you're in bed, just be very aware of the imagery that you're putting into your brain before Mm -hmm. you go to sleep. You know, is it full of people that, don't look like you, don't resemble you, um, can, you know, maybe some toxicity, uh, maybe they are thinner or whatever, like just, it, it's just so, so crucial that you see people that reflect who you want to be or who you are in a healthy way. And we all have those people who we feel like we, it's like the, you have to follow, you know what I mean? Well, I have people on my feed that I have to follow just for whatever reason, right? Like everyone has a handful of those people. And that's why I think the mute button is beautiful. Love the mute button. <laughs> you need, you need <laughs> it. Because you're giving your support at a distance. It's still mm. there. But you can control when that imagery uh, reaches your eyeballs. Totally. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, you know, I always battle the, the good and the bad of social media. And I find mm-hmm. myself constantly torn between the two. Um, you know, I like all in an hour in the span of an hour, I can see the bad when I'm get those mean comments or I'm being bullied, harassed online or stalked online. And then Mm. I see the good when it's like, you see people like you like dancing and having this positive impact on so many people. And you're able to search so many different role models for yourself, um, and see people that look like you and that can really relate to you on so many different levels. So it's, it's, I think it's really important to make the balance or not even make sure it's an imbalance actually on like the negative and the positive. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Just being mindful of that. Like I feel that, um, I've got really into TikTok lately and <gasps> before, <laughs> Are you, are you yeah okay i was like are you is this a, is this a judgment or like an excitement no me too um, i spent an hour trying to learn a dance last night oh yeah of course <laughs> so i i love tiktok i i especially loved it before the pandemic and I, I wasn't really using it as like i used before i was just kind of like trolling but i would get off the app and i'd be laughing because it's just like content creators like making fun stuff now it's a lot of um well, it's, it's kind of like the new Instagram, right? People are using it to market their business, including myself. So that's, that, that changes it. Um, but I also noticed that like, it's a young person app, right? And there's a lot of beautiful young thing girls. And I worry about what that, what message that sends to young girls who don't fit that mold. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, so I think what you say, like with the whole imbalance thing, yes, of course. And I think just like being mindful of like, how does this make me feel? Like there's times where I procrastinate a lot on my phone. Like I feel like my phone is my, my new emotional eating because emotional eating is like a coping mechanism that we turn to when um, we're, we're sitting in an uncomfortable emotion, right? I relate, so if I want, yeah. If I want to procrastinate, I find myself picking up my phone or if I'm on my desktop, I switch tabs and I actually have to be mindful being like, why are you, why are you trying to escape what you're doing right now? Is it because you're bored? Okay. So you're bored. So maybe we just need to take a break from this altogether or maybe mm-hmm. we need to work on something else. Um, but yeah, my phone's like that new thing, but so- sometimes I need to like check in and be like, okay, you're going to open Instagram. And while I love Instagram, I would say I don't always feel that great getting off of it. A, cause I just spend a lot of time on it. Um, and I guess I'm, I, I I'm, I get paralyzed by comparison and mm-hmm. not, and not so much about like people's bodies, but I do it with my business now. Um, because my, I feel like a lot of my self-worth issues I used to face with myself personally are now being projected onto my business. So like if I see a friend that launched a new program or something, I'm like, oh my God, I need to launch my program soon, you know? Um, so that comparing is real. And I guess we just have to ask ourselves, like, how's this going to make me feel? Like, and it doesn't mean we have to avoid it forever, but just like, we don't need to pick it up every two seconds. Maybe we just have to be more mindful when we are picking it up. Don't pick it up when you're already feeling like crap. <laughs> That is an interesting and accurate take on, cause I just, I got TikTok when all this went down. Um, I find that hilarious. Like, of course I, before I, I blinked and an hour has gone by and all I've been doing mm-hmm. is watching 15 second TikToks. But one thing I took from it is it is a lot different from the other social apps. And my biggest takeaway when I was, I was telling Nick about it is there's so many different people on it. Like, mm-hmm. I follow people and just die at TikToks from people that, you know, size zero to size 22. And I have a lot of like hard of hearing uh, accounts that I follow who teach ASL and like mm-hmm. are, and, but are funny. Like, are, are like they, like the stuff that they do with, with ASL, ASL and um, like the jokes that they make with it are just really, really clever. And uh, you know, people who have varying disabilities, um, I have, a, I love the mental health accounts when they just like, it's the darkest of humor. And mm. I, I, I live for that stuff. And I, I do put it down thinking like people are so smart. People are so funny. They're so clever. And I don't walk away from Instagram like that. Yeah. I um, feel the exact same way. It's just, it's, it's, of course they're different, but I think, um, for any, yeah, not to like promote TikTok, but it's just it, this it, podcast it, is sponsored by TikTok. <laughs> what we're getting at, why you're all here. <laughs> a 
Follow us on TikTok. <laughs> Use our discount code. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but it, it's from from the from the stance of like mental health, it is uh very obvious and clear like how certain apps can make you feel. Uh like, you know, Twitter, for example, that's just a dumpster fire for yeah issues. I have no, I have no connection <laughs> um, to Twitter. Yeah, and Facebook, you know, is right behind it. But mm-hmm. uh it is it is funny and I think it's a great place to go and see a very, very diverse group of artists who are just mm-hmm. doing the most random things and it cracks me up and I, I don't know I'll have to share you some of my favorite TikToks because yeah send them just what send I me find is hilarious <laughs> what I find is hysterical no one else laughs you know what I mean it's just right but I I'm up yeah I'm obsessed with it so I think it is great to have um that kind of platform but of course the 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 trolls I guess if you want to say come from anywhere like even so the most I'm still becoming very hip with the TikTok and world and lingo and stuff, but uh, Charlie, right? Like the, the top TikToker, yeah, yeah. most followers. Um, the amount of body shaming that she experiences, mm. I've seen so many articles. I've seen, I think her parents have come out about it. She has come out about it. Um, I think certain brands that she collaborates have come out about it, but is just relentless. And it, I think that's how I like, I found, you know, I came across her and I went to her profile mm-hmm. and she's just a young girl and she talks just about body shaming that she experiences on an hourly basis. And a lot, most often time it's from other women. Mm. And this is something that I just don't understand. And on our first podcast, I was interviewing um, model Abriana and she had, she's a size 20, 22 and she did a segment on city line she did a, a lingerie segment and people came at her for it mm. and i i knew that they did because she did a she wrote an article for the toronto star about it but what i didn't know was that the, all the comments came from women mm. and that just like blows me away yeah it's everyone projecting their own insecurities and fears right I yeah. Guess, yeah. Um, we went through, I don't know, we were like talking about if we could just address those people right mm-hmm. now. Um, we, you know, we were kind of phrasing it like that, but you know what to say and what advice, because I do this in schools too, because I know that when I'm talking to a class of grade sixes, I'm not just talking to the people who are being bullied. I'm also talking to the bullies. Mm. And that is a really, really terrifying thought because you know what you want to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know, you want to be like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Meet me outside. Yeah. Um, but I think like just a little small PSA and, and please add, add to this, but for anyone who is listening or watching, um, if you've ever like left a comment that maybe it was a projection, but maybe you don't know the reason for it. I think it's a, it's a, a red flag that you should not ignore that you need to work on yourself Mm -hmm. via whether it's with help from a therapist or you switch up your role models or you drink more water in a day like like, Mm -hmm. I don't know like what what are your thoughts on it yeah totally well again it's a it's kind of a reflection of our 
of our own sort of state of mind around health and diet culture too. Um, so like I have a lot of clients that will say that like their, their parents make comments about their body. And I remind them that that's just because again, they're projecting their own fears around weight gain and, and that's, that's been passed along through the ages. So that kind of helps to disconnect, um, taking it as an attack, but yeah, I think it's an opportunity to look at our own, our own stuff. And it's like that thing about how, what you don't like in someone else is like what you don't like in yourself. Have you ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Which is like, that one always like throws me for a loop because sometimes I'm like, okay, but I find the person really annoying. <laughs> what don't I like about myself? Um, but yeah, you're right. Like it's, it's hurt, hurt people, hurt people. So um, I think if you are gossiping, if you're talking about someone else's body, like just become aware of that language. And I think it's kind of, you know, the, our image is like the first thing that people see. So it's such a natural thing to comment on. Right. And, um, or sometimes you will make conversation out of like someone's weight loss or what they're wearing. And, um, it's really cheap talk. It's really just because they don't have anything better to say. Um, but again, it's like, I think if you are in that, say, um, I want to think of a nicer word for bullying because I think it's something that's just a bit more approachable. But if you are in that sort of, in that position, just I'm become aware of your commentary. Yeah. Like just become aware of the language. And like, this goes for everyone when we're making comments about someone's body or if we feel judgment about someone's body, ask ourselves like, okay, what's, what does that mean about me? You know, like take ownership of that. And because you even on your podcast when uh, when you kindly had me over I mentioned the word deserve which is a huge word for me and I stand behind it so much and it goes both ways like to people being bullied I I say like you you have to in your core know that that you don't deserve that you don't mm-hmm. deserve to be bullied you don't deserve to be sad about it but at the same time to the bullies you deserve more than that as well. You mm-hmm. like you also as a person need to know that in your core, you shouldn't feel like you deserve to be in such a mindset where you attack someone else, whether it's for their weight, appearance, well, you know, the many, many things. Mm-hmm. And we don't really look at the bullies often enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. With what they need, because mm-hmm. they're more often like villainized, like screw the bullies, who cares? Like what they're doing is wrong, but okay. Like, listen, I'm right behind you. (laughs) I have some people on my list, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but at the same time, because you know, when I'm speaking to them in the class, this just got me thinking like they have to know that when you are spewing hate and, and typing hate speech from an an anonymous account, like, come on, Mm -hmm. that that isn't, in no way, shape or form, your best self. And you deserve more than that because by projecting and sharing what you're sharing and bullying other people, like that's also toxicity in your life Mm -hmm. that, and you, you just, you, you deserve to be in a place where you no longer have to attack other people. Mm -hmm. I have the absolute misfortune (laughs) of being the target, like a huge target by a couple women. Mm. And I have seen and experienced the amount of time and effort that they have put into, uh, you know, 
tampering with my life for taking me down to an ex- to a degree and it's extensive and so i just think like there's so much we have all this time um to for ourselves we have all this time in this world we're very you know blessed and grateful to to be where we are and um at the end of the day like what do you want to be known for mm-hmm. um let's not look at what is deemed successful let's look at what is deemed valuable so what are you contributing to the value of this world or to your life and to the life of others mm-hmm. i think people need to really really reflect on that mm-hmm. yeah i had a follow-up thought to that um and oh yeah it was about like i think that's a great point and then also um like what is it costing you like that's so much mental energy to focus on someone else when you can be focusing on that on you. Right. So I think that's another point to consider. Yeah. Um, okay. Tell us about your podcast. My podcast. Gladly. Well, <laughs> I, I was honored to have you as a guest on yes. it. It was a wonderful conversation. So we should link that one as well. Absolutely. But my podcast is called the failure cup podcast and um, it's a podcast to support people who um, are struggling to meet their needs in their everyday life and are looking for um, fun and exciting ways to go about that. Um, not only fun and exciting, just like how to meet your needs in your daily life. And I thought of this because I initially wanted to create a podcast to support people who are struggling with emotional eating, but I was like, oh, that's kind of a heavy topic. Um, I don't know who want to listen to that all the time. And then I was just thinking, I was like, okay, okay, like emotional eating is born out of people not meeting their basic needs, not putting themselves first and not feeling their cup. And I was like, oh my God, the fill your cup podcast. Like I could talk about all the about filling our cup in our everyday life and meeting our needs so we can feel and show up as the best version of ourselves every single day. And thus like prevent us from turning to food all the time to cope. Right. Because when we have those unmet needs, when we feel dissatisfied, we commonly do turn to food because it's the fastest acting way we know to get relief. So we talk about everything from mental health, which you and I talked about, um, having healthy relationships, um, being in the job that you love, um, a lot of self-care modalities. We've like, we're smashing the sex episodes. People are loving those. Um, we just talk about everything and just different ways that we can go about getting more satisfaction and pleasure in our life. Cause when we're satisfied and experience that, that pleasure, we, we don't turn to other things to cope. And, uh, just very quickly before we say goodbye, you have a very dedicated and loyal fan base. I see them commenting on all your stuff. It is just, I've created the most beautiful, little tight-knit family that is Mm. all about positivity so i just wanted to ask you what three things they don't know about you or would be surprised to know about you Ooh, that's very hard because i'm a huge overshare open book yeah (laughs) (laughs) like literally they're like i've talked about the fact that i thought i was gay like that i watched lesbian porn like i've talked about all of it um okay let me think about this um I'm going to try not to filter and just blurt it out. <laughs> um, I'm, I care more than people think I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a people pleaser, unfortunately, working on it. I don't want to say unfortunately. I think there's, there's good to each quality, but that's something that I'm looking at releasing because it's causing, it causes a lot of stress. Um, and what else? I feel like it's like a lot of like character stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm a stress ball. 
Welcome to therapy with Karen. Yeah, right. <laughs> Did you know those three things about me? No, I. Oh, I cool. was very. I'm very surprised by the um, the people pleaser, but I love a self reflection. Oh, yeah? yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a huge people pleaser. <laughs> I wanted to do that because it's very it's so often. You know, you you follow someone online and you you f- and you know you have that relationship. You feel like you know each other, and then I just love getting a little peek on the. Um, you know, outside of the realm of social media. Mm-hmm. So thank you yeah, for sharing. Yeah, super cool. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I will post and link everything so that you can find Rachel and uh, the Fill Your Cup podcast. But, you know, stay safe and be well, and we'll talk very, very soon. Oh, thanks, Karen. It's a blast as always. Thank you. Bye.